Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain you and to entertain ourselves, because where'd be the fun otherwise? And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, We're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil, Fear Itself. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a merely role player's main house production. Fear itself. Act 5 of 5. Hi there, my name's Alexander Pankhurst and I play Graham the Summoned. Graham's just your average accountant who happens to be a demon and is destined to bring about the apocalypse. I'm Ellen and I play Jess Butterworth, the Spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. It's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her. Hi, I'm Chris Starkey and I play Cameron Jarvis, the Roland. Cam's parents and sister were killed by ghouls when he was just 10 years old, while on a camping trip near Sheridan. Ever since then, a Doom agent has been secretly training Cam to hunt and kill monsters. There's a new kind of ghoul in Sheridan, and you said there's some sort of team up. Ghouls and... A busybody. How do we deal with Milton? Disentangle the spirit from the mortal, get it to possess the dummy mm. instead. Before... They get me. Don't give in to temptation in Fairyland. Through the cavern of revelers, down the second spiral stair. From the face of this harlequin leaks shadow and smoke. You took your family's memories and you turned them into your tools. If I took you to Avalon right now, do you think we'd find their spirits there? Jess. Hello. Yay. You follow Graham's tendril of cigarette smoke across dizzying bridges of stone and through tunnels. And as you round a particular hairpin corner, a blind corner, you pull up short with a government issue 9mm pistol pressed to your temple. Didn't think you'd find the back way. Let me go first. Hello, Ernie. I thought you'd have got out of here by now. You can plan and plan for this place, but uh, there's always a few more twists and turns than you expect. You're extremely lucky that Cameron isn't here. Yeah, suppose I am. So you stay here, keep things calm, keep things friendly, and there won't have to be any unnecessary violence. You have to tell me exactly what you're going to do. I don't think I do. I would like to... Do you want to read his mind? Telepathy. Yep, go for it. I think this is probably manipulate. It is a manipulate move, yeah. Yeah, so this is roll plus charm, but you don't have to actually talk to him to do it. No, just be like... Yeah. That's... Hey, that's really good. good. Okay, that's 11... Plus charm? uh, Zero. 11. His face is stone impassive. He is a government 
like intelligence operative. He doesn't have to tell you anything. And as he is looking at you saying this, Kit is over his shoulder, just like with his hand literally in Ernie's head, Ugh. rummaging around. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no, okay, mate. He's not here for the same thing we're here for. He's, uh, he wants them to get it back up and running. He just wants to find out why a mission is on the blink and what? try and get him to fix it. Can you tell if he's here on his own or if he's here with Doom's blessing? It definitely, oh yeah. This is officially sanctioned, it seems like. I can see the orders, uh, but he is here. He's, this is just him. It's uh, him, him on his own. Right. But yeah, he's, he's here to offer them help to get back up and running. Okay. <laughs> you slimy little bastard, Ernie. His eyes flicker as he's like, this seems like a total non sequitur to him. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea that you know what you know. I know, I know. You just see some silly little girl from Sheridan. You think nothing of me, but I know things about you now, Ernie, and I'm never going to trust you again. There is absolutely no way I'm letting you go in there first. I know what you're trying to do, and I'm not going to let you. And I'm going to try fix <laughs> This is not going to go well. But I have a knife. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you going to use the knife, or are you going to? Is this a fisticuffs situation? I think it's a. Fi- I mean, he does have a gun to my head. He has a gun to your head, and he is wearing a stab vest. It looks like he's like he's armored for ghoul. Yeah. He knows that he could get stabbed. Here. And I, I just have a knife. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? Let's try. I think I'm going thigh rather than stab fist. Great. Okay. As you're going for the thigh, he's seeing that you're making sudden movements. He's going for a step back to draw a bead on you with his gun. So roll that kick some ass plus tough. Come on. That's ten plus one. <gasps> Eleven. Right. There is two harm coming at you from him shooting you. Okay. You're going to do whatever your knife does. Which is one. <laughs> okay. And you get an extra option from kick some ass. Okay. I force them where I want them, which is behind me. Stabbed in the leg and immobilised, yeah. so he can't follow yeah, you. Yeah, exactly that. Is yeah. kind of what we're going for. Great. Technically, the one harm knife does nothing because he's uh, he's got a one <laughs> one armour stab vest on. Uh-huh. But you, because you specifically said you were going for the, the leg, and because even if you only did zero harm, you'd still get a harm move. Yep. Which can be stop him moving, knock him down. <laughs> that was close. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Skin of my teeth. That was <laughs> risky. You stab him in the leg and you feel like you've... You probably haven't hit an artery. You probably haven't hit anything that's going to, like, kill him. He's he's probably not in danger of death. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly going to slow him down. He's certainly not going to be able to run after you at speed. However, as the knife goes in and comes out of the leg, he does manage to stagger back one step and shoot you. Oh. Ow. <laughs> For two harms. He was also going for the leg. He doesn't want to kill you if he doesn't have to, but he was going similarly for an immobilizing shot. Mm -hmm. And you're unstable, you say? Yep. He hits you in the thigh and it's bleeding bad. Oh no. But the wound to him is going to slow him down more than the wound to you is going to slow you down. Okay. Okay. Oh, fuck! (laughs) Ow! You fucking idiot! (laughs) Oh, you fucking shot me! You're now, you're able to get clear. Okay. You're able to outpace him. If you I'm going to limp as fast as I can away from him. So Graham's sticking to his bargain, side of the bargain. Yep. Um, he's going to run down the stairs and unload the shotgun into the first thing that he sees that isn't just a person in a hooded cloak. So basically looking at a um, busybody <laughs> or a ghoul. Great. So you come down to the bottom of this spiral staircase mm. and uh, you find yourself in a roughly round room mm-hmm. with lots of passages leading off it mm-hmm. at various different angles. There are reams of paper kind of slithering across the floor coming out of these passages. It doesn't look like they're alive. It looks like they are being kind of fed out of something, like down one Mm -hmm. passage into another passage, like there is some sort of machinery that is like Mm -hmm. moving all of this around. And some of the paper is blank, and some of it has typewritten lines written on it. And some of it has typewritten lines with large sections blacked out. And also at the very bottom of these stairs, you find it does appear to be a busybody as opposed to a ghoul. It looks like it is 
this crumpled lump of paper mm-hmm. that has then been expanded outwards. So it's very wrinkled. Mm-hmm. It's, it's roughly humanoid, but its limbs are too long. Its head is too bulbous. Mm-hmm. But you, you come down. You knew this thing was here. Mm-hmm. It didn't know you were here. You unload the shotgun right into it. What harm does that do? It does uh, three harm. It's close. No, it's close, loud, messy, <laughs> and reload. <laughs> Uh, you blow this thing apart. You shred it. Mm. Messy normally means spreads a lot of blood and gore around. <laughs> this thing has no blood or gore. Yep. <laughs> you see, it's a ticker tape parade. <laughs> you see, as it turns into this ticker tape parade, there was buried right deep inside it. There was this ribbon of red paper mm-hmm. with instructions written on it that equally shreds along with the rest of it. Having let off the loud shotgun, mm-hmm. you're pretty sure that somebody probably knows you're here now. I'm going to go looking for that someone. Amazing. I think given what Jess and co told you about the setup in the Mm. depot, you know that the typists type on blank paper. Mm -hmm. The typed paper is then fed to Clarissa, Mm -hmm. who then does something to it. They never saw what, but you're seeing all these blacked out sensitive bits. That's probably the thing she's doing. So with that knowledge, you'd probably be able to follow the the streams of paper across the this floor to find the passage that either if you want to find her you'd be able to if you want to specifically avoid her you'd be able to and there would be another room somewhere nearby where Milton would be mm-hmm. brainwashing new typing pool members Great. you could probably cause the most carnage in the typing pool itself yeah. that's kind of what I came to do so that's what I'm going to do I'm going to cast some magic and I'm going to start setting fire to paper of course you are <laughs> behold if I can't remember shit neither can you um, this is roughly the cause harm magic option so yeah, yeah give us a use magic roll plus weird plus weird which is plus two Ooh, that is Seven. Seven. Okay, Uh, what is your glitch? My glitch is that the magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. (laughs) (laughs) So an interesting one, because you sort of want attention. So what does unwelcome attention look like in this No one's interested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's It's, in again. It's a fire, is it? Don't worry, we've got extinguishers. (laughs) I know exactly what this is. You're trying to cause a big distraction Mm -hmm. so that Jess can get to Clarissa. Mm -hmm. So the worst person to get attention from is Clarissa. Piss. An attempt was made. So do you do all this from this kind of crossroads chamber or do you march down some corridors and stuff? No, because it's all kind of like mixing, I just basically take a drag of my cigarette, (laughs) go to basically burn it, like stub it out in the the sort of crisscrossing maze of paper and it just all starts flaming and the flames just carry out and go through all the different directions. And in very short order, you hear... What's going on? What's going on? And you hear hurried, clacking footsteps as if of, like, high heels Mm -hmm. coming down one of these stone corridors. I feel like we need to cut back to Cameron. You pull open the door of this pub and outside is nothing but smoke and shadow and you throw, you fling the ghoul into darkness and follow. And there is a moment of disorientation where you're not sure where the ghoul ended up, you're not sure what's underfoot, you're not sure how big a space you stepped into. Mm-hmm. And that does not abate. You are in this thick smoke. Mum? Dad? Susie? I'm sorry if I didn't turn out the way you would have wanted it. And I, I hope you're here somewhere. But if you're not, I could really do the hand here. I might be seeing you sooner rather than later. And Gwen, I'm trying to do this for the right reasons. Join us sooner. We wouldn't want that. Still too weak. Reaching for others instead of doing what needs to be done yourself. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm scared. 
You're scared. You're right, I am scared. That's good. Yeah. It's good to be scared. We're, We're the same. The same. No, you're not. You've got no one. I've got friends. I've got people who care about me. You who still care about me. They don't care. You might as well be me. The smoke partially clears and you see the leather harlequins motley encasing your own arms and chest. You know the right people to listen to, it sounds like. I'll look at the axe. I'll drop it. It disappears in darkness. Once it's out of your hand, you can no longer see it. You're right. I am like you. But I've got something to live for. Now fuck off! I think this is still a kicks some ass, don't you? Sure. It's an unconventional one, but I think that's what it is. So, plus six again, I guess? Weak. That's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I take no damage on this? You can take less harm. Uh, okay, I'll do just standard yeah. two damage then. What am I using to hurt him? What indeed? As you stand strong and say this and yell back against all of the things this ghoul is trying to tell you are true about yourself. There is a moment where the darkness deepens even more until you can't see the harlequinade that you were briefly dressed in, whether that was real or an illusion. You can't see a thing. It's, it's like the darkness of the grave. And then directly ahead of you, a pinpoint of light blazes slicing through the darkness, the smoke and the shadow. And as you blink, it resolves into not a pinpoint, but a doorway, the doorway of the pub. Standing in the doorway, pushing the door open, it seems against a gale of smoke and shadow are three familiar figures. There are moments as the smoke tries to invade the pub once again, to get into that door, to surround them, where you see wounds on them all. That could be the wounds caused by ghouls, or could be axe wounds, shotgun wounds, rifle wounds. But as the smoke is pushed back by the light and by the wind from this pub, you see that those images were what it wanted you to see. And as the light pushes the smoke back, you see what they want you to see, which is the three of them whole, the three of them together. Your mother and father holding the door open against the gale, and your sister reaching out her hand to you. Yeah, I stumble forwards and take a hand. She pulls you in and the door slams behind you. My collapse. Are they still there? Everything in this space is slightly hazy. They've seen through this friendly haze of uh, open fire and cigarette and general slight griminess of a well-used, well-loved country pub. As the door closes and you collapse, they sort of flicker from where they were standing to positions sitting around the bar, each with a drink. I struggle to my feet, bleeding profusely from many yeah. hideous wounds. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the bar. Let's sit at the bar. Uh, hi, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for the assist there. Looked like you were going to make a big mistake, bro. So couldn't let you... You've, uh, yeah, you really don't look like you've been doing well without us. I haven't. I've missed you guys. Your dad, who's the other side of the bar, keeping his distance. We've missed you too, son. Not to the extent that we'd want you to join us before your time. Good to see you, dad. Yeah, and you too. I don't know if I want to be like this anymore. I don't think this is me anymore. And your mum, who always knew best, sitting on the stool right next to you, puts an arm around you. Well, that's up to you, isn't it? It's your choice what you want to be. We gave you that choice. 
I wouldn't have it... Of course I'd have it another way. <laughs> this is not the way that it should be. But... You lived, and that's good. Because it means that you can make that decision. You can decide what you want to be. If you don't like what you are now, you can change it. You've got so much life left to live. Yeah. And you don't need... You don't need to live it for us. I was so angry for so long, but it's not the best way to live. Your dad just sort of, hmm, as if that's something he understands. I better get back. My friends need some help. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you too, and this place is all right. This isn't... In case you're wondering, we're not always in a pub. <laughs> this is this is the place where we can meet you. Okay. I'd like to see you guys again. But not too soon. Amen to that. By the way, has that thing gone? There's one last thing you've got to do to make sure it's gone forever. Your sister Susie comes around the bar up to you and puts a hand on the shard of flint around your neck. Get rid of this fucking thing. <laughs> Stop holding on to it. But then I'll forget. Or I might forget. Will you? Nah. And he rips it off and throws it to the barkeep. Catches do, it. Do something with that. You can actually see now, uh, through the haze, that there are sort of, as in many country pubs, there are sort of mementos and things mounted on little wooden plaques around the walls. Mm. Reckon we got a gap for something like this. Look after it for me, will you? You got it. Mum. Dad. Sis. I've still got to fight because my friends need me to. But a friend of mine told me to... Fight for the right reasons. I think. I get it. I think. Well, stop thinking and do it. Go. <laughs> go, 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 go! Hey, you've pissed me off, man. <laughs> I can feel that rage bubbling. See you, Susie. I've got to go. <laughs> Not if I see you first. All right, wise ass. I've got to get out of here. I don't know how I'm going to get there. <laughs> I charge out the door and hope I end up in the place I need to be. You charge out the door into a carriage of the ghost train and barrel, your momentum carries you straight out of the other, the opposite door on the other side of the carriage <laughs> onto the platform in Fairyland. Graham, you stand at the confluence of many corridors amid a blazing inferno, mm. probably feeling very at home. Yeah, I'm feeling good about life. Cigarette in it between the fingers, serene as anything, as a woman walks, hurries mm. along one of these corridors into the courtyard with you. She is a sort of slightly below average height, mm -hmm. uh, even in her heels, dressed in kind of clerical secretarial, like a white blouse with a, with a pencil skirt, high heels, but there is a slightly kind of old-fashioned, anachronistic kind of cut to the blouse. It's mm -hmm. got a little more frill than you would expect in a, in a modern mm -hmm. person. A uh, large amount of uh, curly brown hair tied up in a mm -hmm. sensible, very sensible, severe bun. Mm -hmm. You can also see, coming down the corridor, hovering behind her, mm -hmm. the hazy outline mm -hmm. of a being like Kit. Mm -hmm. Jess. Mm -hmm. Still following Graham's uh, cigarette trail, stumbling, yep. dripping blood from your wounded oh. leg. You emerge into a chamber. You see the desk that you last saw on top of a raised podium dais in okay. the middle of the depot. Reams of paper are piling up and curling on top of it because there is nobody currently at the desk. There are sort of writing implements on the desk. There is a, a like an ink block and a fountain pen and all of these sorts of things and some of the paper is heavily censored and the new stuff that's coming in is fully typed but not censored. Okay. And you can see actually, just glancing as you go past, 
that the writing on these reams of paper is basically like a stream of consciousness account of stuff that's happening in the mortal realm. Oh, okay. But there's no time to examine that (laughs) in too much detail. (laughs) Because you see the smoke trail ends here. This is where Graham was trying to lead you. This is where Clarissa was. But she's not here now. And you can smell smoke. You can smell burning paper. You can see the flickering of flame in the next corridor outside. And you can hear the sounds of a commotion beginning. Right. As I've been stumbling, can I have tied some kind of tourniquet round my leg as first aid? Yes, not. you won't not, have had enough time to aid. actually heal okay. the harm. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to, if you took the time no, to do that, you no, would like way no. late. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to limp as fast mm-hmm. as I can and as quietly as I can still, because I'm still hoping to get the mm-hmm. element of surprise, following the source of the smoke and the flame, which I can only guess is Graham. You limp into a corridor where, again, paper is piled up all over the floor, sort of writhing around as it's being fed through different machinery in different parts of this complex. All on fire, the corridor is choked with smoke, it's hard to see, it's hazy, but you can see the silhouette of the back of a woman about your height a little shorter at the far end of the corridor. You can just about make out Graham's outline beyond her, and you can see in full detail hovering behind her Milton, who is uh, looks like a young man about the same sort of uh, age as Kit, where Kit is a little more gender ambiguous. Milton is very male presenting with a short haircut, glasses, and a neat starched shirt tucked into his sensible mm-hmm. trousers. But he's hovering off the ground behind <laughs> her. Okay, I am going to try and take advantage of the fact that her attention is focused yeah, on like, Graham. I've still got my big old knife, yep. kitchen knife. Sort of. <laughs> my big old knife. Speed limp, yeah. speed limp. Ah. <laughs> we got the drop on him. Don't go for anything subtle like hair, mate. Blood, go for blood. With one hand, I'm going to try mm-hmm. and grab the severe bun. <laughs> it's going to be very crispy and slice it off with the knife. Okay, you're not trying to harm her, so I think this is act under pressure rather than kick some ass. no, I don't get my sneaky. All right, fine. Um, Yeah, sneaky is extra harm and you're not doing harm. Minus one, yeah. I might give you a plus one to this. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Oh no. (laughs) What did you get? Um, So that would be four. Oh. In total? In total, four. Uh, Unless you want to use luck. Luck. Luck Oh, yeah, okay, thank you. Oh, Kit is going to be such a nightmare next session. It really is. You limp along the corridor as quietly but quickly as you're able. You reach up and grab this woman's bun. (laughs) And (laughs) slice it off with your kitchen knife. Milton turns. Why didn't I notice you? Grabs Kit by the head. Oh no. And starts to, at speed because he's kind of floating off the ground, hover back down of the corridor as Kit sort of flails their arms and legs and goes, mate, mate, mate! Kit, bollocks, help me! They've got Kit, Milton's seen him! Can I just pause briefly, mm-hmm. just because I've used another point of luck yeah. and we've done the, the, the red sun. I think there's one here that's uh, example signs, rain of fire, and I just think the idea sur- of me surrounded in flames is another sign of the apocalypse. You know what you were all talking about mm. earlier in Percy's, then Gwyn's, then Cameron's tower mm. about whether any of Graham's secretions could become flammable. Mm. Do you think you could cause a rain of fire? Well, I've got become the dragon or rain of fire. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe I become the dragon. There we go. Yeah, we- nice. What do you do and how is it a sign of the apocalypse? Um, we weren't sure if any of my secretions were indeed flammable. It turns out that things that look like oil and smell like oil might indeed actually be kind of like oil. <laughs> so I am now wreathed in flames. Behold, I am like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Clarissa, discombobulated by having her wig snatched. And, uh, and by all of this stuff happening behind her, mm. a girl appeared with a knife, still fixated on you, and you see terror in mm-hmm. her face. 
No. The Destroyer. The Forgetful. No! This was not supposed to come to pass! Cameron. Yeah. Trelane, still up in there in his VIP area, much more like together again now, sees you arrive and just sort of gesture, like taps their champagne glass and everything parts. He's speaking from way up there, but you still hear very clearly. The invitation stands. Next time we ride, I think you'd have a wonderful time. Enjoy your stay. I just fit the bird as I walk past. <laughs> the crowd parts. Uh, you see Sharok, the centaur, the uh, the huntsman who's in charge of the hounds, is in one of these like fighting pits with a double-bladed battle axe and just has like an executioner's block and it seems like he just has a queue of people who he's just chopping heads off. But he, he, pause, he pauses to watch you go past and sort of gives you a narrowed eyes and a nod as you pass. I pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Hey, horsey, don't suppose you've got any like salve or something, <laughs> have you? That'd be really handy. Your boss likes me now. We can set you up with something. You, nymph, and Brooke, the water nymph, the water bearer of the of Fairyland, flows up to you in a in a, a watery form with a small crystal vial that she hands you. Drink that down, get healthy for next time we ride. Uh, two of the three. I'll oh, drink it. I'll say hi, Brooke, by the way. You, you staying all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do you smell like Briar? Bye! <laughs> Clear, unstable, and one harm. Ooh, baby! And as you follow the same directions, the second spiral staircase, you encounter a ghoul or two, a paper ghoul or two. Uh, I just give them a hard stare. They have pouches, much oh. like the Harlequin had. I'm about to walk past them, mm-hmm. and I go, you, give us a pouch. Chop, chop. You give this ghoul a hard stare, and whatever element of the Harlequin went into its creation, recognises its progenitor's slayer. It just crumples. The form, the paper crumples, the smoke and shadow flees, scuttling across the ground into the revels, leaving the paper shell and the pouch. Take a pouchy, and I start hobbling away again, (laughs) as fast as I can. And you enter a scene of Chaos and flame, Graham in the centre of this room, in the centre of this chamber, wreathed in liquid fire, Jess yelling from one corridor, Clarissa shouting imprecations at Graham, the sound of typewriters still continuing in the background Uh as all this paper burns. All of you are together again! (laughs) Hi guys! Um... It's a bit smoky in here, Graham. Could you just turn it down a bit? Sorry, sorry about that. I, I don't think I can. Um... Intruders! Intruders! Milton, where have you got to? Are you Clarissa? Who's asking? Yep, you're coming with me. And I just grab her by the back of the neck and say, right, where's Milton gone? He's got kicked. They went that way. Oh, for God's sake. Can't you guys do anything by yourselves for five fucking minutes? Right, come on. 6am tomorrow, we're going to do some training. Right, let's go. As the three of you pair off down the corridor, Clarissa sort of stumbling along behind Cameron. She loses one of her heels. Her hair is in complete disarray. She looks awful. Jess, you are still, of course, connected to Kit, even if you're not in the same sort of Mm -hmm. physical space. So Kit is showing you, like, you're seeing where Kit Kit is. You can follow them no problem. It's like if there's anything that you want to do to try and rescue Kit from here before you catch up. We've got some meta on Clarissa's now, right? Mm -hmm. So can we not do the dull thing? That's the point. Yep. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm going to roll um, some yeah. magic. So, huge drag of the cigarette, <laughs> and I blow it over the potato doll and the, and the, the hairy, na- the now hairy potato yeah. doll. The bag lining with a bun. Hey! That is uh, nice. 12. So, now Milton is bound to this mm. doll. Clarissa collapses. 
it feels like that's still being held by yeah, Chris. Still, still, yeah. Yeah, still being held by Cam, but she goes limp in okay. Cam's arms. It seems like breaking the connection was a shock. Mm-hmm. She's not fully unconscious, but you can see like her eyelids fluttering, right. her, her eyes rolling underneath. I just take the potato doll off you and just hold it and watch it burn in my hand because <laughs> I'm still flaming <laughs> this isn't this isn't pretty like oh it looks it looks hot no I'm I'm, I'm flaming it's just sitting there with it in my hand watching it burn waiting for for someone to get monumentally angry because mm-hmm. at some point I'll be able to hear it yeah you all hear ringing inside your heads <sighs> coming closer as Jess, you can see coming down the corridor, Milton still holding Kit, but with a much less of a death grip, speeding towards you all, like almost flying Superman style, like as fast as he can possibly go, abandoning any pretense of moving like a, a, a mortal being. As he gets closer, Graham, you see this in parts, Jess, you see this in detail, he begins to come apart. Like he was a, a like a, he was a cloud of particles that was held together by some sort of tension that is now breaking. Parts of him disperse into smoke, just like the smoke coming off the the dolly, the mm-hmm. energy. What did we ever do to any of you? And he's gone. And Kit skids to a stop. He is still maintaining that pretense of sort of interacting with the world like a mortal. So skids to a stop through the paper ash and flames. Looks at you, Jess. I know I said I wanted to kick his ass. When when's it gonna feel better? I don't know, kid. But I got Let's get out. This place is on fire enough for me. Let's get out of this place. Agreed. Just want to say, guys, did we win? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I heard I think, a scream. I think, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I think I think that's for the for the most part. Um, and as you guys sort of turn to sort of get the the bag to get out of here, I look directly at Kit. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, I've been able to see this entire time. And if at any point you fuck with this girl in the way that you did last time. I'll separate the two of you, and I'll kill you. You got that? I can't hear you, remember? <laughs> but I know you can hear me. Yeah, well, I've been able to see you the entire Kit, time as well. It. And just, she's just got it as much as she can, yeah. just like pearly away from me. <laughs> I proof the bag. <laughs> proof the bag. <laughs> Flaming toadstool. Yeah. <laughs> In among the flames of this uh, reconstructed depot operation. A fairy ring blooms around the three of you, plus Kit and Clarissa, mm-hmm. if you're bringing her with you. Yes. You feel the world, reality, the realms tilt around you. And Cameron, as the one who activated the fairy ring, you have control over what realm you're sending everyone to. Inferno? Yeah. <laughs> the Inferno! <laughs> um, very tempted to go back to Albion. No, Avalon. Avalon, sorry, excuse me. But thinks it's probably time to go home. And so he pictures the, the green, the village green. Yeah. The smoky interior of the Avalon pub fades into view just for a, a, an instant as you think about it. But then you will find yourselves on the village green in this ring of mushrooms that wasn't there before. <laughs> I step out the fairy ring and extinguish myself. You step out the fairy ring. You extinguish yourself. And it's 6am, the exact time that you got on the ghost train. Mm. Mm. Jess and Cam. Let's make some rolls. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Big oh demon win. Okay, mortals. Uh... When you return to the mortal realm from Fairyland, roll plus weird. Okay. Take minus one for each of the following temptations. Food. Either of you eat any food? No. Intoxicants. No. Bargains. Uh, An agreement was made. 
I, I never agreed with being called a bargain. <laughs> you attempted not to, but you exchanged favours. Okay. Twice. I'm still only going to give you one minus one, but both with Trelane and mm. Sharrock to get your healing. path and your healing, and also with the goblin at the beginning. Yeah. So you're getting a minus one for that. Okay. And secrets. Either of you feel like you indulged in secrets. Secrets? No, I don't think so. Probably not. Cam, you're rolling plus weird and minus one. So Jess, one. you're just rolling plus weird. Nice. That's not good. <laughs> uh, that's a four, that's a five total. Okay. But I level up. Yay. <laughs> and uh, let's get Jess's roll and then work out what's going on. That is a three, <laughs> oh, four, five total. These <laughs> <laughs> dice, man. Yay. Two full fails. So, Graham, you step out of the mm-hmm. fairy ring. It is 6am, the exact same time that you boarded the ghost train. Mm-hmm. And when you look back, both Jess and Cameron are gone. Ah, fuck. And I think that's the end of our story. Alright, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compere. I hope you enjoyed this production, Vigil Fear Itself. That was indeed the final act, which means you'll have to wait for a future Vigil production in the main house to find out just what's happened to Cameron and Jess. We'd like to invite you backstage next week for a post-show discussion with myself and the cast after which we'll be closing down the main house, ready to get our next main house production ready, and reopening the studio. The first thing we'll bring you in the studio for this season is the audio from our live show at Dragon Meet 2023 back in December. So if you weren't able to come to that live show, if you were at Dragon Meet but couldn't make it, or you couldn't make it to London for Dragon Meet, now's your chance to catch up on the shenanigans. That show is called Fanfic Mishmash. It stars Alex Pankhurst as Morgan Le Fay, Strat as Tom Thumb, and Natalie Winter as Jemima Puddleduck. And we're playing the system Interstitial Our Hearts Intertwined by Riley Hopkins, which is inspired by fan fiction and Kingdom Hearts. It's a system where the idea is rather than saying, hey, I've built a character in D&D who's basically Darth Vader, you can just straight up say, in this campaign, I am playing Darth Vader from the Star War. If that sounds like your thing, coincidentally, I didn't plan that this would be happening when these episodes went out, but it just so happens that the second edition of Interstitial is on Kickstarter right now. So if you like the sound of that kind of role-playing game experience, head to the programme notes for this episode, follow the link, and back the Kickstarter for Interstitial second edition. On the subject of conventions, I'm going to be at Aircon in Harrogate for the first time this year. I'll be there 15th to 17th of March, and I'm running some games there, which if you're going to the convention, you can sign up to play in. I'm running two sessions of Spindle Wheel by Sasha Renault, which is a tarot-inspired storytelling game that uses a deck of custom oracle cards, and one session of The Hunted by Chris Bissett, which is a folk horror one-shot role-playing game where you play friends lost on the moors who are running from a terrible hunter and you also tell campfire stories that establish what that thing that's hunting you is. So you're building the threat at the same time as your characters are being hunted by it, which is very cool. If you're heading to Aircon... Uh, or if you now want to head to Aircon because you like the sound of those games, again, head to the program notes for this episode, and there's a link there that you can use to sign up for those games. Uh, You're looking for Spindle Wheel on the Friday and the Saturday, and then The Hunted on the Saturday. If you need more of the horrors in your life after Vigil Fear itself, 
You can also find me over at Actual Play UK, running two sessions of Heart the City Beneath by Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor over at Rowan Rook and Descartes. This is a long, delayed live stream. You'll have heard me trail it before, only to come back an episode later and tell you that it's been postponed. Part one's genuinely out now. It happened, and currently, if you go to twitch.tv slash actualplayuk, you can watch it on demand there. Part two is happening on Friday the 8th of March at 8pm GMT, so tune into Actual Play UK on Twitch at that time to join in with the spooky, weird body horror fun. This game and our sessions of it do come with content warnings for body horror, addiction, obsession, violence, gore, and general weirdness. I had an absolute ton of fun running these two sessions, going on a wild deep dive into the depths of a city shaped by desire, along with Maddie and Zach from Realms of Peril and Glory, Dan from the Brit Twits YouTube channel, and friend of the show, Fiona from What Am I Rolling? If you've been listening to us for a little while, you've heard me talk about What Am I Rolling before. It's Fiona's fortnightly role-playing game actual play podcast, where she plays short sessions, usually just over one or two episodes, of a huge variety of different role-playing games, with a huge variety of players and game masters from around the scene. I'll turn you over to Fiona to explain why you should listen to What Am I Rolling in her own words. Stay tuned after that for the credits and for this production's final epilogue. Hey, listen. Do you know your D8s from your D12s? Do you know your modifiers from your bonuses? Do you know your destiny points from your story points? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Either way, you should check out What Am I Rolling? twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Catch up on previous episodes on the What Am I Rolling website, that's www.wairpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, adventurers need not apply. Before that, we were having floods, and a great big fire thing popped up out of the forest and evaporated all the water. And there's something funny going on with my... with some of our kids. Something's whispering to them. There's magic going on. Not the sort off the telly. More like the sort out of old stories. So I see a man in rags out on the green under the full moon at midnight. I take notice of that. Oh, Liz. Liz, Liz, Liz.
Did you offer me potatoes and a warm bed in case I'm a witch in disguise? Because you're worried I might put a curse on you. Tell me your name. You obviously don't know those stories all that well, Liz Butterworth. A name is a good thing to know. But it's a dangerous thing to just demand. You meant to trick it out of me. Or the hero of the story would be. Oi. I'm... You know what they say, Liz Butterworth. Those who will not remember their history are doomed. I am gonna, we'll, we'll end up cutting this bit out, but I want this to be a discussion because it's going to be like, what's interesting for you guys. You don't arrive back in the mortal realm at the same time that you left. Do you think it's more interesting if you arrive at some time in Sheridan's past, which would give you the opportunity to explore things like the Order, some of the events in people's backstories, you talked about like stopping ghouls before they started, although I know that's not a not necessarily Cameron's motivation anymore. Or do you arrive later, which would mean effectively Jess and Cam kind of miss some stuff that's going on and maybe arrive in the nick of time at some in some <laughs> other adventure that we'll do at a later date? I think that sounds more that fun. Sounds yeah. Way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cameo dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Massive fight going on in the green. They're like, how will we get out of this? And you two just go, <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs>